All right, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good morning. Good morning. Do what? Come on. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. There good morning, we go. Jeff. Thank you, Seth. How are you, man? Doing well. Good. All right, everybody. Got your books and your phones and your different things to read. This is a short one, so I'm just gonna let's have the ladies uh, pick a paragraph each, and have the ladies read this. We'll start with um, Amy and go around. Okay. We're at eight? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now about food sacrificed to idols. We know that we all have the knowledge. We all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone thinks he knows anything, he does not yet know if he is, he does not yet know as he ought to know it. But if anyone loves God, he is known by him. About eating food sacrificed to idols. Then, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods, quotations, and many lords, quotations, uh, yet for us, there is only one God, the Father. All things are from him. And we exist for him. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. All things are through him, and we exist through him. However, not everyone has this knowledge. Some have been used, so used to idolatry up until now, that when they eat food sacrificed to an idol, their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are not worse off if we don't eat. And we are not better off if we do eat, but be careful that this right of yours is no way, in no way becomes a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone sees you, the one who has, has knowledge, dining in an idol's temple, won't his weak conscience be encouraged to eat food offered to idols? So the weak person, the brother or sister from whom Christ died, is ruined by your knowledge. And when you sin like this against brothers and sisters and wound their weak conscience, you are sinning against Christ. Therefore, if food causes my brother or sister to fall, I will never again eat meat so that I won't cause my brother or sister to fall. So that was a... Uh... I have to admit that this this passage has uh, this this kind of spun my head around a little bit, and just trying to trying to quite, you know, I, I think I'm correct on you know we just gotta basically sum it up. We gotta stay away from false idols or idols in general. There um, are false idols and idols. Um, you know, growing up in a church where. It's not unusual for people to believe that it's okay or you should pray to um, statues. Uh, are you praying to the statue? Or are you praying to what the statue represents? But still, uh, I don't. I, I've come to find out that you know we can pray to so many different things. Um, it's hard to it's hard to confuse that, and um, but. You know, knowing there's only one God, um, it's, that's not a tough concept, but for some reason we, you know, there's, 
I don't know. I, I have to admit, this kind of spun my head around a little bit, and I'm not going to... I, I, I'm willing to hear what others have to say on this. Um, it's just a... I don't know. It, it's There's a lot there, but I'm thinking just simple, you know, we pray to God, Christ, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, that's, that's what we do. Uh, so. It's, you know, it's one of those things where historically, you're looking back at that time, a father's blessing meant a lot for that, that child as they would grow and, and grow into that blessing. So when things were blessed to an idol, you weren't, you were considered unclean or you weren't considered clean to, you know, in certain levels, you know, because it is blessed to a, a false deity, then, you know, and that's why in the Jewish culture, they have kosher food that's been blessed by their priest. And so, and they, they'll even eat relatively unclean things that's kosher, which is the weirdest thing. But even today, where that blessing comes from is important to that religious or that, that group way back then, historically. Where now we kind of look at it like, yeah, that pub's got really, it's got a really good burger, so I'm going to go to that pub and get a burger. There's a lot of people that go to church that will never step foot in a pub because they serve alcohol. So that's kind of like today's modern temple. And, you know, you know it's like, do you go there and eat their awesome burger? You know, today in our society, we don't really look at that as a terrible thing. You just don't drink their alcohol if you have a thing against alcohol. But it's like, you know, it, it, you know, what Paul is saying that he would rather just stay away from that eating the meat just so that he wouldn't lead anyone down that path because you probably could only get pork at the temple. You couldn't get it in the shops and things out out in the city if you were in the Jewish quarter you just couldn't do it and you gotta remember who he's writing to I like to uh, like if you were to take the word idol and substitute it for Anything that takes the place of a belief or a thought or a behavior that brings glory to God. Right? Because an, an idol is something that is in place of God. So if you, you know, so if you principally look at it in that way, and then so you can, you can put anything in there. Like Mark, you brought up alcohol. You know, you could put swearing, you could put, you know, I mean, just put anything in there that is a belief or a thought or an action or behavior that, that glorifies self versus glorifying God. And it comes out a totally different passage. And I think that it, I think that it really, I think that it, for me, you know, Paul's addressing specifically, you know, now about sacrificed idols in verse one, he's kind of like, again, going back to last week, when we did seven where he said now concerning something, you know, he's, he's kind of like addressing a question now, but like, like, like Mark to speak to what you said, you know, that going into a pub to eat food where they serve alcohol, there's no harm in that. 
there's nothing wrong with that. That's what that's what Paul's saying here. Eating food off your idols, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But an immature or a new believer sees you doing that, then they themselves believing that going to eat at a place that serves alcohol is wrong. They see you doing that and they say, well, since Brother Mark did it, I'll do it. Uh, I guess I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So then they violate their own conscience. Going to a place where they serve alcohol, not being mature enough to understand there's actually nothing wrong with that. So it actually hurts and damages them because now they're distorting their own minds. And well, he can do it, I can do it, but you know. So using you as a crutch. Yeah, so that's that's kind of how I, big picture, mm-hmm. view this passage. So I look at it as 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 a whole thing is that we're just not supposed to help our brother down the path of self harm or or something that they're struggling over. For instance, you know, alcohol or something like that. Some people have a real problem with it. And so they'll see, well, brother so-and-so, maybe it's okay that I have a drink here and there. And then all of a sudden you're back to having problems. You know what I mean? And then it's that kind of thing where I think we as Christians should not help people down that path of falling down. Whether, whatever that is, whether it's anything. Too much chocolate. I don't know if I'm going to throw 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 a curve curveball in this one, but but does this? I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but when we look at the big, big picture of free will, I can walk into that place and do this and do that, and I can walk in with you. I don't want you to do this, this, or that, but you also have the free will to make that choice whether to offer food to the idol or not. You have that free will to do that. So there's a, like I said, like I said maybe I'm kind of coming from the wrong angle here. Well, think about what, what food offered to idols. They were probably food that was offered in a temple. And you got to think what happens in those temples. If you look at those ancient gods that were really prevalent through that area, you go to a temple of Isis or whatever, you know, and you'll have a big feast, awesome meal, great cook, and then a orgy breaks out at the end of your feast. You know what I mean? Some people are addicted not to the food, but to the what happens after that. So you, it's it's when you look at the history of all of that, it's 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 kind of like going modern day going to this one place offers a great steak, but it happens to be a strip club. Yeah, I can I can vouch for that in the sense that I had a uh, knew somebody who ran a church who. Did that to shoot pool. Right. Right. And so that, that's what I'm saying is that, look, it, it, look, it, it's it's that type of thing where if a brother sees that person walking in there, and it's like, well, if he can do it, maybe, maybe I'm all right. I got you. I got you. I got you. It's just like a leading by example kind of thing. Yes. And it, living the religion, not just talking about it. Yeah. I, I kind of want to add that in it in itself, it's not an issue. It, it's really just because the person is still a baby, per se. They're young Christian. They're young. They're still forming their mind on how they're following God, how they're following Jesus. You know what I mean? And so, it's important that it's not like 
that they're really truly trying to to figure it out how they want to follow God, how they should follow God, and then all of a sudden somebody does something which kind of confuses the process. Not that that was wrong. Not that you know what you know. What I mean, it's it's a very tricky uh, almost situation because it's the the issue in itself isn't a bad issue. It's that the person who is not grown enough will understand it differently in their mind and they'll be so impressed that that's how they think it in the future. So I can, to speak to what you said, if I may tell a little story here. Um, this this chapter is, is hard for me because I have, I have been the person that Paul is warning not to be. To, especially like there at the end where he says, you know, if food causes my brother's sister to fall, I will never again eat meat so that I won't cause my brother's sister to fall. Like I've, I've been that person where there was a guy, there was a person who, um, and I'm going to use, I'm going to use the word swearing. Okay. We were talking about swearing and swearing are just words. Okay. They're words that people have arbitrarily defined, assigned a definition to be whatever it could be, which is why, you know, you can have a, a, a loving friendship with a person and use swear words with each other and there's no insult, there's no harm done. It's, it's a language of love between you two. Or you can take those same words against an enemy and they be completely different. Okay, so I was having this conversation with someone and, um, and, I, and I said that to them. But they were, as Paul's describing here, you know, a, a weaker person with understanding that swear words are just, it is what it is. Okay. They, they didn't understand that knowledge as Paul's describing here. And so that individual swears even in the church a lot. And I believe it's a re, as a result of, and, and may I, and this, this is really convicting for me because May I never say a bad word ever again, even though I realize it's just a word, because I recognize that it potentially has caused another person to kind of struggle with this. Um, and, uh, and so, like, that's, so it's kind of tough. That's kind of tough. Yeah, it's tricky. There's yeah. like a, there's a, a balance there, and it's like a... Because, like, how do I... Okay, because mm -hmm. here's where I get with this. Paul, who knows eating foods that were offered to idols, right? Or me knowing that a swear word is just a word. How do you speak to someone who is less knowledgeable or less mature or, or a baby in the faith, per se, to say, yeah, that's actually wrong. Don't do that. But, like... You don't. You don't. I mean... Say more. Lead by example. Hmm. Don't tell them because then they'll just solidify in, in their defense and maybe even hold resentment. At least most people. Hmm. Like that way. Unless they're like a close friend where you can have that deep interpersonal conversation. Don't do that. No. <laughs> I, I like where you're going with that, Seth, because that's a that's a that's a tough situation because you're you're around 
somebody who you love dearly that continues to A, B, or C, and you're trying not to do any of that, it's a it, it's a it's a tough situation because um, then then the, then it gets twisted. Oh, are you better than me? You're holier than thou. You're you know it's you know it's when did you become so goody two shoes or whatever? Um, yes, sir. Well, I think that's why it's like in the especially in the New Testament where it talks about several places where you really shouldn't judge what you see because you're not living in the footprints of the person doing whatever it is they're doing. Brother so-and-so going into that strip club might be going to go collect drunk son and bring him home. But that so-and-so seeing brother so-and-so going into that place may say, well, it's okay for him to go in there. You know what I mean? But that guy wasn't going in there to go and eat a steak and, and go to the strip club. He was going to get his son. And so there, there's a lot of different, you know, when you perceive something and to judge someone, you know, and, and put them in, you know, you, it's like it's to judge whether it's okay for you, you still have to make a judgment. And so for people who can't get beyond that and, you know, it, it, that, I think this is what this is talking about is the folks that still haven't, don't have that depth of understanding yet to understand that. You know, there's in in there's a time for everything under the sun. See, I just thought, like, listening to what you said there, Mark. You know, maybe a good approach would be if you're having a conversation with somebody about something, strip club, swearing, whatever it is. Maybe asking them a couple questions to figure out what they think about it. And so if through some, how do you feel about it? What do you think about it? Through those questions, if they're like, well, I think that I shouldn't do this. Then your conversation shouldn't be, yeah, you better not. Right. Like it should be encouraging them to say, well, then if you don't think you should do it, then don't violate your own conscience. And then I almost hear Paul saying, and if you know that that brother or sister is saying, I don't think I should do this, then make sure you yourself sure as heck don't do it around them. Right. Because now you're really confusing them. Correct. Hmm. To be sensitive of whom we're around. It's like you're gonna you're gonna act differently in a bank asking for a loan than you're gonna act with your best friend hanging out, you know, with the tailgate down. You know what I mean? And having a conversation. You you're gonna be a different person, although you're the same person. It's just that there's a different protocol. And, you know, and I think that's what he's saying is just live the example and not necessarily be a stumbling block to other folk. Can, could that also be applied to the person who puts on their best clothes, goes to church with the family, hi, we're happy family, we're perfect, we're wonderful. And then you leave at 12 o'clock and you you're out doing blah, 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 blah. So, you, you know, the person who goes to, again, my, I have to, one thing, you know, my oh, personal yeah. testimony, I, my worst character defect is judging and I suck at it and I'm horrible. That is an absolute horrible defect of character that I have that I'm working on and working on and working on. But I, but I can be the worst judger of a person that who the hell am I to judge? Here's the thing, Joe, is that 
and it's a it's a tough thing that I struggle with. Those folks that went to church and lived that example while you saw them, they did their job by trying not to be a stumbling block to anybody. Now, when you see them out in the you know out in the, out and about doing their own thing, maybe it goes against what you think you so, you know see at church. Again, your perception is not their reality. Your perception doesn't interact with their reality at all. In fact, you're not even in their equation. But the fact that you saw them is now not their real problem, but it's yours in the sense that you judged it and you're incorporating it. But then that also makes it their problem because now, without communication and clarity, which is similar to what's happening in our house, is that you're, you're, you're not going to come together. And you're going to have this. You're going to have this uh, false understanding. And it's it's just to keep it. You know, I don't know. Just live, live the example you're trying that you preach. And and that's something which you know, on a personal and, level, I see. A lot of people who do lead and they do well leading and they do live the life that they're leading and they're expected and I'm, I, I see that and there's a lot of I don't want to, do I want to be like that person no, I don't want to be that person but I want to use the strength that they have that's helping them change and move forward I want that same strength within me um, but yeah it's a, it's a it's a, it's, you know, Paul does is he, he's, he doesn't mince words or anything for sure. And it's a, he, made a lot he doesn't mince. <laughs> he made a lot of people angry. Because we actually look at ourselves. He makes us look in the mirror. But I think he lived a life that he looked in the mirror every day. I think in verse 13 it says, You know, therefore, if food causes my brother or sister to fall, I will never eat meat again, so they won't cause my brother or sister to fall. He's not saying that, like, I won't eat meat in front of them. I will not eat meat if they're around. I will not eat meat if they're going to see a picture of me on social media eating meat. Like it says, I will never eat meat again. So, I think that, you know, that the idea is that, I think obviously that there are things that we know as Christians, right, that somebody could look at and be like, no, that just doesn't sit well with me, right? Like, it may not be a problem for you. It may not be a problem for me to do that. But, like, if you can look at it from somebody else's perspective and, and they, you know, somebody else might have, you know, the wrong idea about it, then maybe it shouldn't happen, right? Like, regardless of who you're around or what you're doing, who you're interacting with. I mean, that's what I'm reading, you know, and his words at this point. is like, I will never eat meat again. And that, 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 that can border on the line of really kind of, like, say, some people are addicted to music. 
and I'm a musician. I've been playing since I was six. You know, and it's like, well, I guess I can't play guitar anymore if it's really going to be a problem for this person. Well, I'm done. You know, there's got to be a point. Well, that's that's of, where your judgment industry. comes in, right? Right. Like, but, you know, you see, you see what I'm saying. Well, and I think like he's using this idea of meat, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as something that people can relate to, right? right? Like, not as necessarily like, you know, this is, you know, a mundane or a simple thing like that should be something you refrain from, but like, just the idea that. We need to just, in general, be aware and be careful. Even though we know, for whatever you know, it's not going to get in the way of us doing what's right, right, and serving or whatever. Doesn't mean that it couldn't get in somebody else's way, regardless of what that is. I think that like it's hard to really get to the bottom of. If you take chapter eight by itself, there's some really good things in there. But if you connect it with verse with chapter nine, it and I know we'll jump ahead here just a tiny bit, but if we were to look to chapter nine, verse twenty-three, um Well let's start at verse twenty. Yeah, 23. Now, I do all this because of the gospel so that I may share in the blessings. I don't like that translation. The NASB says, I do all things for the sake of the gospel so that I may become a fellow partaker of it. Verse 22. To the weak I become weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men so that I may by all means save some. That's it. I have become all things to all men so that I may by all means save some. I think that's the that's the really what's to speak to your point, Sarah, about when Paul said, Therefore if food causes my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat again. Because by all means, it's not about it's not about that's what I hear Paul saying. It's not about this, it's not about me, it's not about that. It's it's about connecting people with Christ and it's eternal it's eternal thinking, not temporary thinking. You know, Paul. Paul's approaching this whole thing from a much bigger perspective, a much bigger picture, because he knows that everyone's life here on Earth is temporary. And so, he's saying, "I just kind of saw that, thought it kind of connected with what you said." Well, um, in verse nineteen, it says, "I have made myself a slave to everyone in order to win more people." Yeah, like he's. Yeah. Though he is free from all men, Paul's free to do anything he wants. Like we talked about in chapter seven, I think he said, um, "All things are lawful." Like basically, I'm, I can do anything I want, but that doesn't mean everything is healthy for me or good for me to do. Right. So Paul is freely making a choice. I'm to. I, I also to, think um, back to what Mom was saying about uh, a baby in faith kind of thing, you could take it a step further in that, on like a more moral side of it, is like people who aren't even in the church at all, or someone who never ever believed who can still be an influence to those people, like regardless on a moral level, you know not just swearing or I don't know, you get what I'm saying 
This has a good back to make sure. So this version here is called the Passion Version, fifth and five, and verse eleven. So in effect, by exercising your understanding of freedom, you have ruined this weak believer, a brother for whom Christ has died. And then it goes down to thirteen. So I include that it, eating certain food deeply offends my brother and hinders his advance in Christ. I will never eat it again. I don't want to be guilty of causing my brother or sister to be wounded or defeated. Joe, I just thought of the verse, and I guess the question is why, right? Why? And I thought of earlier in Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians chapter four, verse nine, where Paul says, "Why." Because we have become a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to people. And I think that, that whole, the whole point he's talking about is because like, you're not an isolated island. Mm-hmm. People and heavenly hosts are watching you. They're observing. Whether you think no one's watching you or not, people are watching you. And back to the swearing thing, like I remember a couple months ago, I was at work doing some stuff, and I swore. I was really frustrated. And... Uh, one of the other co-workers there who's been around me all the time, he kind of stopped and he said, you don't talk like that. And I thought he wasn't paying attention. Like, we don't really work together all that. You know what I mean? But it was just, yeah. I think Paul's referencing to Pandora's box. That's really what he's talking about. You know, that and other people seeing you open it or playing with it. The dangers and Lord's box. But also earlier in the new you know, in, in our readings there in John and such that you know, by beholding you become changed. Mm. And as you walk with God, you'll become more like like God and for a new brother that's a foreign concept because life is way different when you're not focused on God and I think this is what Paul's talking about is that people along that path are at different levels of experience and strength and we're supposed to live by what we believe and and it should show through us and we are a spectacle because that will make you drastically different than the worldly folks that are around you. I know pockets of pagan people that don't really know any Christians. And sometimes you're, you're the first and only Christian influence that they may have. Kind of makes you think what, you know, uh, it makes me think about what my behaviors and lifestyle choices are communicating then. Or representing. Hmm. Something we could talk about forever, you know? About not only ourselves, but how do we... People who... That we put in a position of... I don't know if authority is the right word or not, but people we 
There's just others who who appear to be. I, I, I think uh, with me and my life experience, I take comfort in knowing that I'm not the only one who's done certain things in my life. That helps me because I always think that nobody truly, you know, done certain things. And then when you find out that, holy cow, especially with the drinking and stuff, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, when, when you're like in it, I I had a a rough time with this reading, so trying to understand it. I really did. This is like, today's is really made them. Brought a lot of things to light in my own head when understanding it. I admit, I when I read certain things in the Bible, I'm more confused before I, after I read it than when I started. <laughs> you know, and I admit that. That's where prayer comes in and asking for the Holy Spirit to guide you through the Scriptures. Because I don't think someone should read the Scriptures without the Holy Spirit's guidance. And so you you have to pray for that before you read, and then you'll have deeper food for thought after while you pray about for your understanding of what you do read and and it really does help and I don't like I said I don't think the scripture should ever be read without praying for the Holy Spirit's guidance Charlie define an idol's temple for me if you dine in an idol's temple so contextually when Paul was writing to the Corinthians the the way they the religions of the city of Corinth if you, if you picture Las Vegas, the strip in Las Vegas, lots of partying. And so the temples were idols, you know, statues, different gods, different Greek hard gods, rock, yeah, yeah. things well, like I'm that. A hard rock cafe, there are restaurants, you dine in there. Uh, yeah. The rock and roll thing. Sure. So here's, so here's, how, idol too. here's how the religion was sure. practiced in, in the day. People, men and women, would go to these temples to worship. Okay. They would cook meals and have food that they would then offer to the idol to say, here, idol, bless this food, blah, 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 blah. Okay? Then people would eat this food, and then they would sleep with prostitutes. Because the prostitutes were the temple priestesses, Mm -hmm. right? That's how they worshipped during that time. And that was there on the not the only one. Exactly. Exactly. And so Paul is writing these letters and, and is addressing this. Issue I'm trying looking, to. I'm just looking at literally a hard rock cafe dining, but you know what I mean. Right. I don't know. Right. So I guess your purpose would be like, um, you know, what what's the motivation? Yeah, it's just like they said, like it's okay to go into a pub and have their really good burger, mm-hmm. but not in the protocol of your like worshiping grandson or somebody's with you. Yeah, yeah, and or not if you're with possibly a new recovering alcoholic that's going to have an issue with going in there with you. Again, an idol, an idol is not specifically an image that you have on your thing with a candle and you're praying to it. Okay, that that's right. that is an idol, but that's not specifically an idol. An idol is essentially, as I understand it, and that's all I can offer is my understanding of things. As I understand it, an idol is anything. Anything that replaces or that you exchange for a true knowledge or understanding of God. So so your idol could be riding motorcycles. There you go. Yeah, a person, a sports team. 
a, a band. I just bought a BMW M3. I can't get it out of my head. Did you really? No. <laughs> Does it kind of make sense? I've never heard that. I mean, yep. I'm like, hey. Yep. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's easily, you could say an Idol's Temple van. Let's go to Cleveland, Ohio, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's Rock yeah. and Roll Idol's Temple, man. You know, or it could be your cell phone. Yeah. Exactly. Or to go to a really dark place, but, you know, in the late 60s, you had Charlie Manson and his followers. Right. Charlie yeah. Power, all about Charlie Manson. What does he want me yeah, to do? About a person, yeah. That that was the that's a that's kind of taken it to an extreme, but you had eight people who would do whatever he said. So there's there's a verse in the Old Testament, and I can look it up here if I if you want me to for the exact reference. But it says Ephraim has followed after worthless idols and have become worthless themselves. Right. So it was mentioned here in the talk about the law of worship by beholding we become changed. So what you spend the majority of your time focusing on or admiring or search, searching after you become more like that yeah, yeah, you become. that's right and so anything that is anything that you do that that's not god is an idol because the law of worship right because on earth humans are the highest created species there's on earth there's nothing else that's higher than us which means there's nothing that we can worship on earth that will cause us to become better than we already are. If you worship another person, you're, it's not going to cause you to become better. It's peer to peer. Exactly. So the only way to actually grow and be better is to search for a higher power. You know, a creator. God. Some Something that's not of this earth. And, and, and that's where, that's where, like, that verse in the Old Testament where it says, you know, people followed worthless idols, things that don't make them better, and they became worthless. So. Question answered. <laughs> cool, man. All right. How are we all doing? All right. Um, so considering what we've learned in this passage, um, what is God calling you to change this week? Ask him to show you what needs changed. Uh, we, to me, is again. I think it's personally it's the, the judging thing. Which I, you know, like I said, it's, that's it's my worst character defect. And, and I don't know. If we can go a scale of one to ten, but if I was a ten three years ago, I'm, I'm down. I've, I've dropped quite a bit, but I, just, I got a long way to go with it. And. Um, you know, and hearing what everybody's talking about today, I take it truly to heart because it's, we don't know. And that's the big question. That's, that's the biggest issue is we don't know everything about the person or persons or what have you. We never will. And it's, you know, it's just something that we got to keep in mind. Hmm. Right. Lola, you want to lead us out? Sure. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day and for being here with this group, Lord, as we read your word and um, the interesting discussion that we've led, Lord, um, ask that you please uh, help us to continue to gain understanding with it and help us with our struggles, Lord, and, 
and just be with us and watch over us as we continue to seek your word and your example. Amen. Amen. Amen.